We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Sup? All right, thanks everyone who continues to join in and watch and share these videos. We've been getting a lot of comments on some of our older videos, so people are kind of watching back through some other things. We have time to do things at home a little bit more than usual. Um, Along those lines, we're going to kind of continue down what we started last week. Last week we were talking about our worship service and how things are changing, but maybe there's going to be some bigger changes that might happen in the world around us, but specifically with the church as we finish through with this pandemic for the next several weeks, months, whatever it may be. I think it's actually a pandemic, but anyway, go ahead. Pandemic? (laughs) Go ahead. No telling what I said. (laughs) We'll edit that out. Uh, But anyway, so... So how are things going to change? Like, this isn't something that we can prognosticate to the future, but maybe we can think about it a little bit. Yeah, um, I think some people, I mean, some things could change to the negative because of this. Yeah. And some things could change to the positive because of this. Which one you want to start on first? Let's start with the negative. I want to end on a positive note. That sounds good. <laughs> um, so... Um, here people have been meeting, you know, by coming onto a virtual platform. And I don't know how your congregation has done this. Our congregation has, as we talked about last week, mm. come together on a on a virtual platform that is like a chat room with a video yeah, essentially. in there. Yeah. And they have been able to interact with each other in the chat room format and, and amen the sermons and yeah. have been able to say I'm glad to hear from so and so that's here and and they've they've made comments on the prayers mm-hmm. on the yeah. songs on you know different points in the sermon so they've been very interactive in gathering mm-hmm. together on that platform right and it is a gathering of sorts yeah yeah but it's still <clears throat> online but what did you wear to your last when you when you had your Last Sunday's church, what okay. did you wear? So like at 9.30 when the live video feed started. Yes, and those little yard apes and your wife, what were they all wearing? Um, Shiloh had, like she had been, got, got up, got dressed for the day. The boys were half and half. I think one of them had play clothes on. The other one still was in pajamas. I was in... Uh, like some tracksuit type pants. I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to wash this out of my mind. You asked. (laughs) You asked the question. I had shorts and a t-shirt on. We were in varying levels of like, okay, we would actually go to worship or go to the store. Was your hair done and all that stuff? My hair looked like this. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyway, a lot of people were just sitting there in their jammies. (laughs) 
and they were they were participating in the service, which is fine. I was going to say, but does that make it any less than? Mm-hmm. Like I did see there was people that commented that they actually got dressed in, especially since it was Easter Sunday. You know, did they put ties on? The, there were people that said they dressed in their Easter worship clothes and then went into the time of worship with their family. Okay, I didn't know what worship clothes actually were. Could you help me with that biblically? It's what, no, it's not a biblical. <laughs> it was their terminology of just them saying, we put on what we would have worn if we were going to worship. Mm-hmm. You know, our our special Easter clothes, you know, whatever. Yes, the only the only biblical things that I know of are, are statements about modesty and things oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. No, this is just a... I think we could almost tie it into they wanted to have a deeper mindset, which is, I think, where you were going. Yeah. Of focus on their worship. And so do so, you think it'll change the way people dress when, when they come back to church? I, I doubt that, don't you? No. I, I think the people who were comfortable in casual clothing will be comfortable in casual. The people who like dressing up will still dress up. I don't think that there'll be a big shift in that either right? way. And and uh, according to James chapter 2, we should accept one another when we come together, uh, regardless of, of uh, oh, yeah. the formalness or lack of formalness yes. of somebody's dress, right? Yeah, and I think that that's something that we've been trying to shift before all of this and despite right. all of this, because you want to be open to anyone who comes in your door who's seeking Jesus. And but, but then when you get back to changes that might be negative... If if people have sat home, and they've they've not disrupted their routine and gotten you know worship out of the way on the couch, mm-hmm. um, when when we get done with all this, you know I believe that the church needs to do what the church has always done and come together because the Bible says, mm-hmm. uh, particularly First Corinthians eleven seventeen, when you come together, yeah. 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. when you come together. And so I think that's where last week when we talked about it, it's not that we're lacking the coming together. It's just that we're having to adapt that to our right. current situation. Right. But when we get done with this situation, we'll mm-hmm. get back together. Now, the place, mm-hmm. we could talk about that a little bit because there's certainly no biblical mandate about coming together in a building. Yeah, in a certain, like this building that we have built... We have to come here because God dwells right. in this place only. In fact, many people believe that if the church didn't have buildings, we would be yeah. better evangelists maybe, but got, and, and that may be the case. I've got quite a few friends that, especially they would done foreign missions. Right. They would come back and they, ha- they really struggled with the big church building. You know. Well, in, in um, Romans 16... Mm-hmm. When we read about the church in Rome, uh, if you go down to Romans sixteen five, it's talking about Aquila and Priscilla. Read mm-hmm. verse 5 there for us. So greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved E-name. Yeah. Epinetus, but that's Epinetus. good enough. Greet yeah. the church that was <laughs> in their house. Yeah. Uh, drop down to... Um, Verse uh, 14, read there verse, well, you, I'll read it. You read it. Yeah. Read Asyncretus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers that are with them, mm-hmm. which indicates probably another house church somewhere. Yeah, small uh, gathering. The next, next verse, greet Philologus, Julia, 
Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints that are with them. Yeah. So um, you find several of these smaller groups of Christians that were meeting in homes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they met in catacombs under the city, you know. Uh, our oldest uh, existing Christian uh, meeting place that we know anything about is from Syria in a place called Dura Europas. Mm. And it is a house, a regular dwelling place that had a large room on one end of it that was yeah. adapted to church meetings. Mm. So the idea of meeting together in homes is not necessarily a bad idea. We used to do it all the time on Sunday evenings in our small groups. Yeah. Rather and, than come to the building. And I was going to, that may kind of pivot to our, our next thing when we talk about maybe how this impacts Bible classes, but a focus on small group gatherings that allow, that allow you really to tie in closer to people, whether that's through study or just through knowing about your life and helping through life situations, all that sort of thing. Right. That's something that is lacking when you only focus on, hey, we're going to come together in several hundred people at a time Yeah. versus, okay, we're going to spend time with 20 or 30, or I'm going to focus on calling these five or 10 yeah. on an almost daily basis. You know, one of the things we've got in scripture is we've got a lot of the one another texts. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, the one another texts talk about things we do spiritually for one another, encourage one another, greet one another, um, <clears throat> help one another. Um, give to one another, etc. Um, these these one another texts um, are often neglected um, when we think about uh, Bible study. Of course, now let's let's preface this by saying when we come together after this is all over, we're going to come together in the in the Sunday worship like we always have, and we're gonna we're gonna encourage and we're gonna worship together. But outside of that. Sunday Lord's Supper worship mm -hmm. meeting, Yeah, um, we might need to explore creative ways, Jed is trying to say, I think, that, that not only emphasize study, but emphasize study in the context of building relationships. Is that yes. what you're trying to yeah, say? Yeah, because I think that a lot of people, they may see the negative of, hey, we're split apart right now. We can't be together, all these different things. But there are a lot of positives <laughs> of people uh, starting their own little Bible studies, you know, they're getting on Zoom, they're getting on Facebook, they're getting on all these different other platforms. Yeah. And they're saying, hey, we may not be able to have our class on Sunday morning, but those 10, 15 people who can join with me, maybe 20, 30 people who can join with me, I really would like us to spend time studying together. And they're taking it upon themselves to so, keep that going. So we could actually, after all this is over, see, I'm teaching my students at Bear Valley on Zoom, and I may have 18 or 20 of them on Zoom and yeah. have a really good Bible study. Do you mean we here at Broadway could actually do that with 18 or 20 men, and we could we could have a really in-depth Bible study together am, during the week that might I, not even be on Wednesday night? Or am something? I saying that I would love it if we would equip people to individually go out on their own to do studies and yes. things, rather than it being dependent upon the Sunday morning and Ooh, Wednesday night Bible about, studies only? How about that? Yes. That's a great idea. See, I, some good things could come out of this. Yeah, and I think that more people are seeing that they are capable of it because there's there's something about saying, hey, I need you to teach a Sunday morning Bible class, that they're like, well, I, I don't know enough to do that. 
Whereas, hey, can you sit down with three or five of your friends and just read the Bible together? Yeah. And if something pops out, talk about it. Then go study it. There's something yeah. less, I don't know, less scary. Well, one of, one of my brothers here uh, in, in this church told me as I was walking my dog and I was talking to him on the telephone, <laughs> he said that he'd been back into his Bible reading it more himself on his own mm-hmm. lately than he had been in a while. Um, I've been... Challenging myself, I've gotten back into the book of Chronicles, and I've been studying through Chronicles. I haven't mm-hmm. done that in a good while, and that's been good for me to do. But I can certainly conceive of of ways that this kind of uh, uh, to coming together on different platforms at other times could be very encouraging. Yeah, and it doesn't have to remain in that digital no, we format. Could do it, we could do it in small groups around the yeah. table somewhere. But I think it's if you're used to carving out and dedicating some of that time, maybe it would transfer back into a coffee shop when that's available. Sure. Or, or maybe into your house. Or maybe it will stay as a, hey, this was really nice. We put our kids to bed. We can hop on a call at 8 o'clock tonight, yeah. you know, or whatever. 10 o'clock tonight, Well, like our, our preacher, Dustin Campbell, for a while, he may still have been doing this up until this time, but he met at a restaurant with a group of people on Saturday mornings and mm-hmm. had a really good Bible study with those people yeah, in the I restaurant. Yeah, I think they met on Zoom a couple and, of times. And uh, they may have continued to meet on Zoom, but that's mm-hmm. fantastic, evangelistic, good, good stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's part of that, if we can focus on it being more people than just the paid ministers doing that. Right. I mean, that's what was happening here. This was church growth because they were grabbing whoever was near them and they were teaching and preaching and growing and yes, eventually splitting off again. That's kind of like, you know, we can use our church buildings as fortresses to keep the world out. Oh, yeah. Or we can go out and like our theme for this year at Broadway is beyond the walls, mm-hmm. to go out beyond the walls maybe this epidemic is helping us um, go beyond the walls in some different ways. And maybe when we get back, we can think through some of that a little bit more. Okay. So so we kind of shifted to positives there a little bit. But I think that's built on a lot of people's negative perception is the church will fail to come back after this. Well, we can't do that. Yeah, people will see that oh, well, we've survived just fine without coming together this no. long. No, the Bible commands us to come back together. Yeah. And we're going to do that. But we <laughs> might learn some positive things hmm. out of this that that will help us do better. I've often thought <clears throat> our educational time in the church is getting less and less. And people need to take responsibility for their own religious education. But we can provide different platforms Mm-hmm. that make it easy for people that work different schedules and other things to find good Bible study and to yeah. study themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> or maybe be more more proactive of setting up Bible studies in spaces where they are. Right. You know, like I mean, you said, coffee shops or, yeah. or parks or business uh, lunchrooms, if that's applicable or possible in certain places. Yeah. or I mean, I, I think we had someone <clears throat> joining us on Sunday, and she went, hey, I'm watching worship right now at her workplace, where yes. she, she had to be there. And to me, that was very encouraging to oh, yeah. see her. And she's a sweet lady, and, and I was just, yes, you know, that's great that she's doing that. Yeah, and so I think that maybe as more of those doors open, it will allow the spread to go into other places. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I say, I just think there's there's more of a personal responsibility that may come out of this. Well, let's let's go to a passage in the 19th chapter of Acts here for just a minute. Okay. It kind of speaks to, to what you're saying. Of course, we know that we're going to have the Lord's Day assembly, and we're never going to quit that because that's sure. biblical. But if you go to Acts 19 and <clears throat> go down to verse... Wait a minute here now. Verse 8 and 8 through 10, please, Brother Jed. Okay. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both the Jews and the Greeks. So every day in the hall of Tyrannus, mm. whatever that was, yeah, there was back and forth talking and there was study about God in that, in that hall in mm -hmm. Ephesus in a pagan city right out there. And it was every day. I wonder if it was at a particular time every day. Mm. And I wonder how long they went. I don't know. Yeah, but every day they did it out there it's like it's like acts 542 let's go back to acts 542 okay we're always rooted in scripture whatever we do look at 42 there and every day in the temple from house to house they did not cease teaching and preaching jesus as the christ and all right very good now one of the things you know this was a daily thing it wasn't just a sunday morning or uh, I, Sunday night, which I don't think they did Sunday night, or Wednesday night. <laughs> they might have just done all Sunday. <laughs> yeah, they could have done all day Sunday. But it's good to do those things, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying they did this every day. Yeah, and well, and the temple, you were talking about this a second ago, it's not necessarily like in the walls of the Holy of Holy Temple. Not, not at all. It's on the in the porticos, the covered porticos, yeah. great, great big open mall areas outside of the temple. That's what he's talking about. So there. literally it was happening everywhere possible, mm -hmm. not just in this sacred worship space, so to say. Yeah, the sacred worship space did not exist. During the Christian... During the early Christian yeah. era. And there's nothing wrong with having a building, but we don't need to be restricted by that space. Mm. Another thing I fear, we can kind of switch back to the other part of this. The, the digital platform is here to stay, and, and the Internet is here to stay, and video conferencing is here to stay, and we're going to see that used in a medical field big time more than it has been. We, and educational I, field. We did a medical checkup over FaceTime just earlier this week. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so it's going to be done all the time. And um, so, you know, my wife and many others who are professionals, they're, they're doing their job this way right now every day. Yeah. But um, I'm concerned that we remember that in the Bible, uh, while this, vi this digital stuff is really good, Christianity and evangelism and encouragement was relational. And there's never going to be a, a substitute for person-to-person, eyeball-to-eyeball, building of relationships with other people, building oh, sure. of friendships. And so, you know, I like the way that, that you presented the, the sitting down with people in the coffee shops and in other places because 
um, relationships, building, making friends, getting to know people, mm-hmm. teaching Jesus in the context of relationships. That's really how spiritual mentoring goes. Oh, yeah. I, know, think, I think this is where, for some people, this is all brand new to them. Like, digital outreach was not something they had in, on their cards. Uh, whereas, even with this program, we've had a lot of people that reach out to us over email and message and sure and there have been a few times where it reaches that point of someone's like okay so what do i do with this and like i'm ready to decide something about this information well obviously when they're several states away or in another country it's impossible for you or i yeah to take them by the hand you know or whatever. they're gonna have to contact somebody and yeah. go, go be baptized and so we've we, I'm always trying to say, hey, do you have a church in that area you can reach out to? Should right. I reach out to a church for you? Because, again, that personal connection not only is necessary for their next step, but for their long-lasting. Sure. You know, they need a group of people around them. Yeah, how did, how did the older women teach the younger women to love their husbands, love their children in Titus chapter 2? Hmm. They didn't do that except in life. Yeah, they did it by living with them, by watching how the how the older woman did those things and mm-hmm. taking an example from her. So, spiritual mentorship happens in the context of life relationships. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, the digital tools are just that; they're a tool, not they're a, a substitute. tool that we can use. Yeah, that's what we're saying. They're not a substitute. Yeah, for real relationships. Yeah, the digital gathering is not a substitute for. The physical gathering of the saints together. You know? That's right. But it is a tool we're using, and it's been a tool. Like we, I think we've said this many times before. We've got people who, when they're stuck at home, when they're in a nursing home, right. all these other things, they're able to still join with us that way. Ah, one thing we wanted to add, I think, before we get done here, and that is, your your point is really good there because in the Bible we don't necessarily have this, but. We do have that the Lord's Supper was a fellowship and was designed to include people in the fellowship and let everybody that was a baptized believer in Christ know that they were part of the body and blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so as early as the second century, mm-hmm. after the Bible, in, in the writings of Justin Martyr in his first apology, 65 through 67, he talks about the Sunday meetings mm-hmm. and he talks about those that were sick and shut in that the deacons would take the Lord's Supper later on and offer it to them to include them in the fellowship. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do here is while we're all coming together on this virtual platform, we're having a communion time where all of us at the same time who have come together on this virtual platform we take communion because we're trying to show that the brothers and sisters are included yeah. in the fellowship, which we always try to show by the Lord's Supper. So yeah, there you go. So it's just another part of we're doing it digitally, which feels different, looks different, but we're trying to accomplish some of the same goals. Biblical goals. Biblical goals. That's yeah. right. And hopefully, like I say, I, I really want to say it again. I hope and my hope and goal is that there will be more personal reflection and growth that comes out of this. Amen. Amen. Um, because we can keep going back to it. A lot of people's fear is still going to be, oh, well, they're going to sit back and they're never going to come in the doors again. Because well, they will. They'll be this. hungry for it. I think so. I, I miss think, the singing. I miss the hugs. I miss everything. And I think we hear that again because we have that chat group, you know, that chat line that goes during our worship. 
you can feel it through what people keep typing. You know, yes, you can. You, just yes, you the can. constant, hey, we miss you, we miss you. It was so great to hear your voice. You yes, know? yes, that's um, right. So hopefully that, I think that kind of an end wrap it up. Mm -hmm. We hope that other people are thinking these things through. Like we don't have the answers, obviously. We don't know the future. But we tr keep trying to go back to this book to, yeah. to find what we need to do. Yeah, and we would hope that in your congregations, you're thinking about what will this post-pandemic church life look like. Find find a way forward. Don't just plan <coughs> on doing the exact same things, I think would be a fair statement. Right. Be, be flexible know. in the future as to different ways to reach out and let's learn from this situation. Yeah. Crisis <coughs> creates creativity. Oh, that's real nice. I think I've heard that somewhere before, so it's not original to me. But there we go. <laughs> Y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all next time. God bless. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.